0: Well, welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry colleague, Lila Van Gerpen, I'm Rob Dixon. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is an emphatic yes. And on this podcast, we interview ministry practitioners, exploring stories about what flourishing mixed gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. And this week, our guest is Melody Marski. Melody is a regional ministry director for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. She works with grad faculty ministry. She's from Ann Arbor, Michigan, where she's lived for 40 years, go Michigan. Uh, Melody is a runner. She has two cats who are eating while we're recording so as not to get in the way. And one of the things about Melody that's fun to know is that during pandemic, one of her joys was spending two hours each week uh, with a two-year-old, and getting to hang out and spend time with them was a gift. Melody, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here, Rob.
0: Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks for making space to do this. Uh, we should say, for the record, that Lila, Melody, and I all work for InterVarsity, and we know each other. In that context, it's been a joy to to journey together. So, c- again, glad to have you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so good to be with you, Melody. Um, I want to start us off with a question uh, to kind of, uh, yeah, get to know you a little bit. And, um, okay, let's start off with a question. As you think of literature, movies, stories that have shaped you, what is a mixed gender partnership that you just really appreciate? It stayed with you and what do you appreciate about it? That's a great question.
2: Um, Within literature, I'm, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. Although that's not super mixed gender, unfortunately, my my cats are named Legolas and Gimli, so that uh, <laughs> gives you an indicator about that that fandom.
0: That's more mixed um, species, I suppose. <laughs>
2: that's true. Yes, yes, it is. Um, trying to think of a a good example of a movie that would have mixed gender partnerships. It's something I value. You know, I one thing that comes to mind. Last spring, there was um, a series on, it was a BBC series um, that was all things great and wonder, all, all things, I'm not going to remember the name of the title, um, but it was a it was a BBC series about a vet um, in Ireland, and it was lovely to see the, the partnerships with the people in the veterinarian um, uh practice and, and and to see people care for one another and treat each other well and with respect i think that's that's something that comes to mind and there's definitely interactions i mean of course it's a tv series so there's romance and things like that but it was fun to watch watch people treat each other well and try to sort through relationships um so that would be a a, a tv show that i enjoyed
1: uh, is, that, I think it's is that all things,
0: things great and small melody yes that, that would be okay. it awesome nice thank you google uh, well, let me let me uh, let me start by asking for a story or two. So, you've had in your ministry career, you've worked alongside men in various capacities. I'm wondering if you tell us a story that about one that stands out as particular, one or two that stand out as particularly life giving for you.
2: Yeah, um, thanks for asking. I would say, in the midst of the pandemic, I think. Well, I don't know about you all, but. I've been struck again and again by a lot of middle-aged men behaving badly. Uh, it feels like that's been a loud theme um, in the political arena and sadly in the American church as well. And um, as I was reflecting on this question, I. I just got to be with my team um, in early September. I I actually hosted them here in Ann Arbor. And I love the team that I'm on right now um, for a lot of reasons. Um, The current makeup of this team is two men and seven women, um, which is interesting. Um, But during our meetings, I found myself deeply grateful for both of the men who are on my team, um, my brothers in Christ. One is actually my supervisor and our team leader, and the other is our most experienced regional ministry director. And at one point during our meetings um, while leading us in an exercise, Bobby, who's my supervisor, was getting some pushback on a method that he was using to help us evaluate our goals. Uh, The pushback was because one of my female colleagues was a little frustrated with the system that he had designed uh, to help us in evaluation. And I watched Bobby stop um, as he became aware of her frustration. And I watched him work with her um, to change the system for all of us. And I was so grateful for his awareness, for his willingness to share leadership with a woman um, and another colleague, um, and also just to adjust the system in response to her kind of frustration. And then later that day, um, Don Paul, who's the other male on our team, was commenting about a female member of his team who's really thriving in the work that she's doing with Varsity. This female colleague actually sits on three different teams with Don Paul's Blessings. And again, I found myself so grateful for a brother in Christ who cares deeply for the people he supervises, who's delighted when they're flourishing, and who's willing to share high-caliber teammates with other teams. Um, So in the wider kind of masculine culture that we're swimming in, um, again, often including Christian culture, I feel like there's a marked... um, temptation for men to be self selfish and prideful and and not aware of others. And and it was such a gift to be with these colleagues and watch them notice others to respond in humility and to seek the good of these women. So very life-giving.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing this.
1: Let's pivot for a second and talk about the challenges that you've had to work through as you've partnered with men in your world. So you've shared some, some really life-giving moments. Let's talk about the, 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 the challenges?
2: Yeah, there have been a few (laughs) over 30 years of ministry, as you might guess. Um, It's interesting because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm currently on a team with two men and seven women, but the vast majority of teams that I've been on has been mostly men. And there have been challenges um, in the midst of those interactions. Uh, The first staff team I was part of had a culture of verbal sparring um, that was always a challenge for me. Uh, two veteran staff in particular would often dominate conversation and not allow others to participate. And as the only woman and one of the youngest members of the team, I, I remember once literally having to shout uh, to be heard in a meeting. Wow. And when I shouted, everybody stopped and, and suddenly asked if I was okay but there was never any efforts to change the overall dynamic of the team, um, mm-hmm. so the voices around the table, so all the voices around the table could participate. So that that was a challenge that came comes to mind. Um, I also, for several years, worked with a married colleague uh, to serve and lead an undergraduate university chapter, and I can't tell you how many times we would end training days at local churches, and then I would find myself alone doing cleanup because he had to go home and be with his wife and kids, and, and at the time. I had absolutely no no idea how inappropriate that was. I just stayed and did the work. Um, unfortunately, I think as women, sometimes we we contribute to that as well when we want to um, be serving and be hospitable. But um, in the case I just shared, I think my needs as a single woman on staff didn't seem to hold the same value as my ministry colleagues did, my married colleagues did. And yeah, I, I regret that I <laughs> took that posture at the time. Um, other challenges that come to mind are a little less... Rec- less clear with regard to the role of gender. Uh, When I was interested in the current position I hold, I didn't really feel pursued for the job in the way that I've heard of men being pursued or courted for a role. And it's hard for me to know if that was due to my gender or being a less known team member at the time. So there's, you know, it's a little murky. Um, Another less clear challenge that came to mind was with a male colleague who actually chose to notify me that he was leaving my team with an email. Um, There was no warning, no conversation, not even a phone call. And, you know, did that happen because I'm a woman and he's a man? I don't know. Um, I wonder, (laughs) and I I won't ever know. Um, But anyway, in some ways it's a relief that we're on different, he's in a different ministry now. So.
0: Wow. Thanks for sharing those. Yeah. the, The, the costs are real. And I think uh, it's helpful to, mm-hmm. to parse those. Thanks, Melody. I mean, f- the flip side of that would be the benefits. So, maybe walk through a list. I mean, your stories illustrated some of these probably, but give us a list of kind of how has how working with men in partnership, in ministry partnership, benefited you and, and the mission?
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I, I think... The first thing that came to mind was with regard to the less clear challenge I shared about my position. It was really good for me to go through the process of applying for this role. So it helped clarify my calling um, and deepen my love for the ministry and the team. Uh, And one of the main reasons I applied for the regional director role at the time was that I wanted to have more female voices at the table. Um, so when I applied, there were only three other female regional directors on a team of 19. And by God's grace, the number of women regional directors since then, that was seven years ago, has actually significantly increased. Um, and I think we're better at the table when we have women's and men's voices um, seeking to lead um, as regional directors. So I'm, I'm delighted um, that there are more women regional directors now. And, and I think InterVarsity has been intentional about trying to increase those numbers. And I would say on the, again, on the team I serve on, there's four regional directors, three of us are women and one male, and we have a great partnership uh, working together, so I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, another couple things I thought about, um, again, the team I'm on now, there's more women than men, and I think this is a team that's marked by a deep love and respect for one another. Um, There's strong support and care. Uh, In addition to our regular online meetings, we have a very active WhatsApp group where we share prayer requests with each other. We share significant and sometimes less significant life updates. So there's pictures and things like that. So I love being on a team that feels safe and supportive. And and I'm guessing our gender balance impacts that reality. Um, So that's another space that I'm grateful for. Um, in addition to leadership, I'm also passionate about teaching and I'm grateful that both InterVarsity and my local church have been spaces where I've been able to use my voice as a woman um, and even as a single woman actually. So one example of that um, was preaching recently from the book of Ruth. Um, I've actually been able to teach Ruth both in InterVarsity settings and also um, in church context, but as a single celibate cisgender woman, I think I have a unique voice around issues of human sexuality. Um, I can testify to God's faithfulness and care for me and even invite others to consider the reality that a loving God might cause those of us who are single or call those of us who are single to live lives of celibacy and joy um, in a way that a married man in the pulpit can't really say that or speak to that.
1: Thanks for like naming that. And I'd love to thank you also for sharing um, your story earlier about... Um, like being either directly or indirectly asked to kind of stay and clean up yeah, because others have gone to like take care of their family or whatever it was. Um, I'd love to press into what it means to be a single woman in ministry for a minute. How has your single status factored into your experience of mixed gender partnership, if at all? And, um, and even like how do you wish you could have advocated for yourself back then in those, you know, after conference cleanups and things like that? Yeah,
2: great question. Thanks, Lila. I think with regard to the your the second half of the question, I I wish I had been validated as a single woman on staff. And I think yeah. um, actively saying everybody should work together, you know, in, in the example of the cleaning up, let's do this together so that we can all take a break and rest. Right. And there isn't a higher priority for married folks being able to get that break and rest, but but we're all called to work and, and also to Sabbath and, and seek renewal and restoration. So I think just naming that reality more clearly, um, I, I try to do that now as a, as a supervisor. I think as a single woman who supervises married men, I've also tried to be really intentional, having healthy boundaries with my male colleagues. Um, it probably helps that I'm an introvert, so you know, at the end of the day of working, if we're in-person meetings, they're going to have time to connect with their spouses. I have time to just <laughs> connect with the Lord and also rest. Um, so I'm, that that serves all of us, I think. Um, yeah, I want to support the colleagues that I, the folks that I supervise in their marriages, um, and where possible, I try to be really intentional about connecting with their Wives, um, I want to get to know the the my my colleagues' um, spouses. So I guess that's true with women and men um, wanting to have those healthy sort of relationships. And my hope is that having relationships with a couple will help our partnership to be healthy. Um, that it's it'll help me to be actually be a better ministry partner um, to the folks that I'm leading. Um, and I would say it's also true of the two men, again, that I, on the team that I serve on um, it's been a gift to meet their wives um, and get to know them a bit during the years that I've been in this role. So, so that intentionality piece is one thing that I would say, I think I, well, I, I I'm only, I've only been in the chair as a single woman supervisor, but I I am intentional about trying to cultivate those, those relationships so that we have good partnerships.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that Melody. I mean, I think intentionality matters a lot for sure so and, and maybe that leads me to our, the next question i think you probably will include intentionality in your answer here perhaps but i mean if you so for our listeners who want to build fl- healthy partnerships between women and men um give them some things to do i mean uh, give them give them some like uh, if you could parse kind of what the success factors are what would you say Yeah, that's a
2: great question, Rob. Um, I I think the overall essential factor for a team is that we're for one another and we're seeking one another's best. So just this kind of posture of wanting to encourage and, and be, yeah, be before each other, be willing to put the needs of other team members ahead of our own needs. Um, And that requires paying attention uh, to things like team dynamics. Uh, It requires noticing who's speaking and who's not speaking, uh, listening carefully to one another. It it requires, I think, taking risks of vulnerability. It's hard to be for one another if you don't really know what's going on in your lives, Um, spending time together at work, um, but also time over meals, um, you know, when you're able to be in person. And again, even the team that I've been on, um, We would sometimes do happy hours on Zoom um, because we enjoy one another's company in the midst of the pandemic. So that was a good thing uh, to be able to participate. In, um, I think also, in addition to being for one another, um, really having clear communication lines and clear expectations help a team to be successful. And I would say that all of these things require trust, um, which takes time to develop in a mixed gender team. Mm-hmm. Um, so making space in the midst of work to get to know each other, to share stories from our past um, so we can learn about our journeys um, and what factors kind of made or shaped us for who we are today. Um, I think as a Christian organization, um, I believe having uh, the same understanding and being on the same page about the role of women leading is really important, um, so that we again can be for each other. That there's not any kind of a question of, well, what do you think about my leadership as a woman? Um, but knowing that you're for me and and I'm for you, um, those kind of things. So, so yeah, I would say um, overall, it's well, time together really matters a lot, and being for one another, um, building intentionally building trust. Um, I think also cultivating spaces to reflect as a team and giving one another space to to give feedback to each other. Um, So InterVarsity has recently started engaging in some diversity training. And one of the most helpful things i found from that is this idea of intentionality and impact and addressing what are my intentions and then giving my team space to say, well, how, how am I impacting you? This is what I intended, but but how how are you impacted by it? And giving them space to give feedback um, has been really valuable for me already, and I hope to keep practicing that.
0: Yeah, one of the things that strikes me from your your, your answer there, Melody, is a couple times you talked about sort of describing a, a context, a relational context that spills beyond the narrow confines of work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're when you describe happy hours with people that on Zoom, like it's almost like because we're friends. Now that there's not agenda there, so mm-hmm. so. Maybe that's an interesting nuance that it's uh, your colleagues and your friends, maybe those two things together. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's. I would say that's definitely true. So I, I was struck by the irony, actually, I mentioned hosting um, this fall. We were originally scheduled to come to Ann Arbor in the spring of 2020, and because of the pandemic, that didn't happen and I was so sad about that. I mean, again, it's I, I think there were I, I can't imagine how many people would think why you were sad that you didn't have to go to meetings with your team. And it was like, yes, I, I really was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. It's a wonderful team. And again, there's there's a mutual appreciation and respect for one another and and yeah, just a deep regard um, for each other that makes it that wonderful team. Yeah,
0: it's a beautiful vision. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, this podcast is all about learning ways that women and men can partner together effectively in ministry. And I appreciate the stories that you've shared. I'd love to have us end with you sharing a little bit of your heart and passion for this. Like what do you long to see happen in the church in this area?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. I think when women and men have flourishing partnerships in ministry, we do our best work um, and are actually our most effective work for the kingdom. So I was, I've was i read a lot of books on this, and I'm sure you guys have as well. Um, I thought about Carolyn Custis James and, and her statement that when women aren't free to use their gifts, uh, we're losing the impact and, in, and input of, of half of the church. And that weakens our ministry on campus, and it weakens the ministry of the church. So I long for women to be freed up to use their skills and gifts for the kingdom alongside uh, their brothers, our brothers in Christ. I think when we are limiting the roles that women can occupy, um, we're keep we're also keeping other women out of the kingdom. Um, as I think about this in regard to the church, how, how can I invite a gifted woman and a talented woman in my community who's flourishing in her work and able to do whatever she wants to in her secular job? To come to church and say, well, we, we'd we love to have you join us, but you can't use these gifts in this setting. Um, right. She She's not going to come. Or if she does come, she's not very likely to stay. And that breaks my heart. Um, so definitely wanting to open things up. Um, and I would say, although we haven't arrived by any means, I, I'm deeply grateful for InterVarsity being an organization that is really seeking to equip women and men um, to work together and and have women at every level of leadership. Um, I long for women to have more opportunities to be able to teach and lead in the church as well. And yeah, I'm grateful for the spaces where that is happening.
0: Wonderful. Melody, that's a, I mean, I think it's a great, we'll end there, but that's a beautiful vision for what the church could become, what InterVarsity can can, can continue to become as well. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for that um thanks so much for being a part of this
2: thank you for the invitation it was great to be with both of you i've enjoyed the times that we've been together in person serving in different capacities
0: yeah we we, the only way this could have been better is if we had recorded it together in ann arbor (laughs)
1: that would have been awesome
0: (laughs) yes yes well thanks so much appreciate you
1: so good to be with you melody thank you I think that two things stood out to me, um, are just, are really staying with me. So one, she just talked a lot about the, um, just how intentional you really need to be that, that, uh, just intentionality everywhere in actions and choices and shaping culture and just how carrying a value isn't automatically going to lead to practices that lead to flourishing for all. And so just thinking about, um, just being able to think about intentionality around both value and practices is just really helpful. And then the other piece, and this could be personal for me, but I just really loved her, um, being able to unpack a little bit about her experience, both as a single woman in ministry and even just a little bit of the tax that she experienced because of that. Um, and what it, what it looked like, or even now, what it, what it takes to advocate to self-advocate and be able to say, um, you know, I think in order for all of us to flourish, it means that we, you know, that I don't stay an extra four hours and, clean up because y'all have to go and make dinner or whatever, you know? So just the self-advocacy piece, um, I think as a woman, I mean, I've been in ministry for 20 years and most of that, um, was as a single woman in ministry. And I just really identified with that and just thought about like, yeah, what would have I, what would I wish I could tell my younger self in ministry to advocate for? And I just really loved her commission that it's like that you matter and it's important to be thriving as well.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, one of the things for me that I'll take away from this interview with Melody is, I think she said a few times in there, but kind of the idea of being for the other person. And I think that's a really strong framing uh, to be for someone. I mean, she talked at the beginning about some of the, the leaders, male leaders behaving badly. And I think if we really had a posture of humility that's marked by this Fierce being for the other person, I think that might go a long way toward mitigating or or eliminating some of that bad behavior. So I think it's I think for me it's like a it's like a heart posture. It's a it's a position before the Lord of saying, um, "Indeed, I want to be for the other person and and have that really mean something." And it reminds me a little bit like of um, Philippians two, right? Right in the the beginning of that that passage where Paul talks about. He says, uh, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves, be for the other person. And then the next verse is, let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And I think, yeah, that's what I'll take with me. The question, like, am I for, like fully, all in, for the other person? And um, that's a good, I would think it'd be a good place for people to reflect as they synthesize and process Melody's interview. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. This has been Women and Men Leading Together, Stories from the Field. Appreciate you joining us today. If you like, enjoy this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. You can leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you love this episode, please do share it with a friend. I'm Rob Dixon, along with my co-host, Lila Van Gerpen. We'd like to thank our editor, Landon Hook, as well as Christians for Biblical Equality. Be sure to listen to other episodes with our team of co hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters Podcast, and thanks for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.